You're tuned in to Boardwalk Talks with Monopoly Group Toronto, where we give you the latest news, tips, and tricks all about real estate investing so that you too can climb the property ladder. Visit us at torontomonopoly.ca. Hey guys, I'm really excited uh, to have my friend here, Charles Messina. He's here on the podcast and we're going to be talking about the new updates that just got released into the media with the uh, average price in Toronto. Good to be here again, Ken. I'm interested in finding out more about the latest data and uh, some of the data work that you've done Right. that you want to share with your listeners. Sure. So um, you might have heard in the media that the number of sales have gone up uh, 1.9% and the average price is up also 2.9%. Uh, but that's the Toronto market in general, between 9 to 5 and 416. And that's all properties? That's all properties, all types, all housing right. types. Right. So here's a story that I'm, I'm sure all of you guys are aware of. Um, and you'll get it in our newsletter if you subscribe to that. If you don't, come to torontomopoly.ca and just sign up for that and you'll get on to our, our, our newsletter. But um, Toronto condos downtown, so that's from, I don't know if that means anything to you, but CO1 and CO8, it's the districts between South of Bloor, between DVP and Dufferin. Uh, we take the average of that and we're looking at the price now. The average price for a condo in all sizes, whether it's studio all the way up to three bedroom and larger, all condos is 692,779. So almost 700,000 for a condo. And you're talking, that's resale, is that correct? That's resale, yeah. yeah. Right. Can you maybe just touch on what you're finding in the pre-construction market and what are the, some of the trends that you're seeing there in relation to resales? Uh, what do you mean, like in terms of? Price, uh, from, a price, from a price point. Yeah, I mean, everything's, I, I find about, depending on which project you're looking at, but uh, cheap is $1,000 a square foot now, mm -hmm. which is insane. Mm -hmm. Right, that, that was a lot of money back then. Mm -hmm. um, if you look back, but thousand is cheap. Uh, you'll see twelve hundred is kind of normal in the downtown core and the, the busier areas, like you know, say King and Spadina area, King and you know uh, Bathurst maybe even. And then um, if you go down to the waterfront with good views, you might even see fourteen fourteen hundred bucks a square foot and up to Yorkville along the Young Subway line, but fifteen hundred bucks a square foot. Right, and would you say Ken? that uh, right now the pre-con prices on average are higher than the resale average per square foot. Yes, yes, generally they are. So a, a lot of people think that, uh, and used to be maybe about 20 years ago that pre-construction was cheaper because you're investing to something that you never know what will happen, right? You don't know if it'll get built and all this kind of stuff. Now it's that the cost, the land of, the cost of land and the cost of labor will go up in four or five years when these things are built. So they've priced it accordingly. They priced it for the future pricing. So if you look at a, a, a condo being built in 2022, 2023, which is all the new construction. If you buy something new now, it'll be ready in 2022, 23, right? If you look at those prices, $1,000, $1,200 a square foot will be cheap for, for that. But if you look at compared to what you can get in the resale market today, you know, about $900, $1,000 a square foot, that's considered expensive. Right. So if someone's looking to invest for an investment property then they would be looking at a lower price per square foot on a purchase on a resale purchase on a resale purchase yeah and then these new pre-construction pre developments give an indication of what the market is looking at in a few years so, yeah 
So potentially there would be some appreciation for you if you got into a resale investment property. For sure. I mean, there's a lot of smart people behind these numbers, right? So uh, there's still people at the end of the day, so they could get it wrong, but I, I don't think so. There's sure. a lot of research that goes into it, a lot of money that goes into it. Even banks are behind this as well, financing the whole thing, right? Yeah. So they got to make sure that the projects are viable and it'll get to that point. So it's not really just all speculation. Uh, so the way you look at it, the way you, what you mentioned is that, yes, you're right. You can use that as an indicator of what prices ought to be in four or five years from now. Right. And that's when you talk about smart people, you're talking about, obviously they're doing their homework on what the cost of land is, what the construction costs are. Yeah. And certainly what goes into that is demographic trends. For sure. That's tied into the development that's going into office, industrial, commercial, in and around the city as well. Of course, and you're, you're in touch with the media every day. I know you're an avid newspaper reader, so you'll see all the news uh, and you always mention all the employment that comes into Toronto, all the right. new jobs are being announced, Microsoft right. and all these tech companies are you know announcing here. And it's only a matter of time before Amazon comes here, but uh, I, I, I know that they have an office here, I'm sure, but it's, it's only a matter of time before they put a bigger they, workforce here. Yes, they do. They have an office in downtown Toronto and certainly the they're they're set to announce where their new headquarters is going to be by the end of the year. Is it here? No, it hasn't been <laughs> announced yet. It hasn't been announced yet. I don't have an in. But I recently watched an interview with Jeff Be Bezos, and he was asked that question. Yeah. And uh, he laughed it off and said, well, everybody's going to know by the end of the year. Okay. Okay. So that'll be interesting development. It'll be interesting, yeah. Um, you know, I just it's a shame that the city doesn't improve the, the transit. I mean, they're trying with the King Pilot and all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, versus other parts of the world where they want a subway tunnel, they build a subway tunnel in a matter of a few years. So there's a lot of politics behind it, you know, a lot of uh, arguments that go back and forth. And the terms are only, what, four years, right? So nothing really gets done in a sense. Mm -hmm. Versus in Hong Kong, for example, where it's just one government and they say, I want to do it, let's do it. And they do it. So uh, I think with transit, with better transit, which the city is doing good things for, it. I shouldn't say they aren't. But with better transit, then we wouldn't we would have more urban sprawl. We'd have um, real estate prices spread out across the city, as opposed to concentrated in downtown Toronto. And I find that that's the reason why prices in downtown Toronto are so high compared to you know Bond, Mississauga, York Region, all that kind of stuff, right? And even further out, Barrie and all that, because it's like who wants to sit in their, their commute for an hour and a half each way, right? Or even an hour. Right, and that's you know once again, as you said. I'm very plugged into what's happening in the news around the real estate industry and certainly for these mid-rise mid developments in and around the city, they're starting to gain in popularity and I guess the zoning has to match that because to your point about the traffic, if they can build bigger units that are affordable, then certainly that would encourage people to live closer to transit so that they don't have to commute. Sure. Why would you say mid-rise, not high-rise? Well, well, that's it's not what I'm saying. It's it's what I'm reading about. In you know, for example, uh, if you look in Leslieville, there's those two mid-rise uh, developments, and and obviously with zoning, people that live in homes, uh, they'd be not amenable to having big towering, 50-story uh, towers in their communities. Right. So. Especially if you're looking along those main streets like Queen East and Leslieville, then uh, tearing down those 
old stores and, and putting up mid-rise condos that would fit in with the community would serve a dual purpose and be a win-win. Yeah, so from what I understand, I don't know who implemented this a long time ago, but there's a tall building area that they have. It kind of concentrates around the core of it, right? From university right. and young and all that. And it kind of just tapers down, almost like a little triangle, I guess you could say, right? To right. the outside of the city where there's height restrictions, right? So yes. all the tall towers are in the center of the city and they kind of go down to mid-rise. So there's a secondary plan that you have to follow as mm -hmm. well too. Um, and that's why you can't just build a, a big tower in right. the middle of Vestiville. It's not that they don't want to. I mean, sure, the developers want to, right? Right. Um, and some purchasers might want to as a personal preference. It's just that they're not allowed to because of the sure. zoning requirements. Well, the most recent one, which you've been involved in, is Wonder, right? Right, right. Yeah. There's height restrictions on that because it has to blend in with the community. Of course. They're incorporating all the elements around the building. Right. Right, so anyway, um, off on a tangent. So we were talking about prices in, yeah. in downtown Toronto So uh, and what's happening in the real estate market. So the average condo price right now from all sizes is 692,000, uh, just under 700,000. And actually I'm looking at the stats here, it's actually gone up from the announcement of the fair housing plan in, in April, 2017. It's actually gone up 8.5% since then. So drastically, I mean, we've dipped quite a bit. We went, um, obviously down in price, I think minus 5%, it dropped a bit uh, right away and then eventually picked right back up. If you look at this time last year, it's gone up 12.1%. So certainly the downtown mm -hmm. condo market is resilient mm -hmm. to um, to these changes because mm -hmm. there's demand for it, I think. Right. Right, and let's contrast, contrast that to uh, York Region detached homes. Actually, let's start with Toronto detached homes. Mm -hmm. So since the announcement of the fair housing plan in April 2017, prices have gone down 15.1%. And from year over year change from this time last year, September 2017 to 2018, it's gone down 1.4%, right? So it's a good time to buy in detached homes. I mean, they're still pretty resilient to the market because the demand is there. Mm -hmm. And then if you look at York Region, which uh, I think they got killed, and I feel so bad for anybody listening to York Region that, that's investing in there or that owns a place in there, and you know they're not out there to, they care about the house prices, right? Because you know if, if you hold in the long run, it doesn't really matter. It goes up and down in, in the long run, right? Um, but from the fair housing plan announcement, April 2017, it went down close to 25%, 24.9%, and year over year, you're down 11.6%. Now, what does that tell you? What's the story? Well, certainly the fair housing plan, I believe, has had an impact because Absolutely. certainly people now can qualify for a less of a mortgage and then they have to recalibrate what they're looking for. So I think it's a combination. Certainly that's the issue. And uh, they have to qualify at the five-year five rate, not to mention that rates have gone up. Yeah, that was a stress test that actually happened in January 17. I think that that wasn't part of the fair housing plan, but mm -hmm. it was uh, it, it kind of just followed right after. We kind of get mm -hmm. hit twice from uh, in Ontario yeah. with these regulations, right? Yes. Uh, as far as the number of listings, Ken, can you speak to the the number of listings uh, year over year? You certainly talked about the price changes, how they've gone up uh, for condos, especially in in the city of Toronto. Okay, so a number that I really like to look at is called the months of inventory, which basically takes the active listings that happened in last month, so September, versus the number of sales that happened in September, right? 
Um, I know it's kind of an arbitrary number, but they say, and doesn't really translate to real life, but the average uh, months of inventory is 2.6 months. So if the same number of sales happened last month and the same number of new listings came on the market, so that's basically 20,000 active listings that are still in the market, divide that by the number of sales, 6,400, 6,500 or so, it would take two, two and a half months to basically sell mm -hmm, mm -hmm. whatever's remaining on there, right? Uh, that shows the number, the, the activity of sales. The other thing that we look at is the sales to new listings ratio, right? And it's at 49%. I would say about 60% is kind of um, a balanced market. Anything less than that is, actually this only tracks the sales numbers. I, you're talking about the, the number of new listings that came on the market and how, how that's um, gone up, right? So there's 1.9% more listings this time this year in September versus September, 2017 if that's what you're asking. Right, so the correlation, I guess, is what I'm making, uh, I'm making is, is that, you know, for detached homes, the prices have come down, but the number of listings has stayed fairly constant. My apologies, that was the number of sales. So okay. the number of listings is actually down. So less people are selling their homes. It's down 3.1% overall on average. So that's what you're asking? Yes, correct. Yes. Yes. Um, that's not detached, it's also condos, that's everything. Correct. So less people are selling, and there's probably a story behind that. There's probably a reason why people aren't selling. Because what are they gonna buy? They have to qualify again, go through the stress test, right, mm -hmm. for a new mortgage. Um, just because you port your mortgage, just because you have portability functions in your mortgage, doesn't mean you, have to you can't qualify again. You have to qualify again under the new stress test rules, right? And for those of you guys listening that don't know what we're talking about, Stress test means that um, Canada actually said that you have to now qualify for 2% higher than what your actual rate is getting. So say you're getting you know, a 3% mortgage, you have to qualify for a 5% mortgage. Right, or the five-year rate, whichever is higher, right. is my understanding. Right, right. And my, my understanding is, is that, um, that your existing mortgage, if you renew with the existing lender, right, then you don't have to qualify for the stress test. Correct. And some people are not very happy about that because that doesn't allow them to shop around. So in other words, if, if they want to port their mortgage with another lender, then they do have to go through the st stress tests. Yeah. And uh, people are not happy about that because it doesn't allow them to shop for the best rate. Yeah, certainly. So there's certainly a lot of downward pressure on prices because of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, they, you're right. I mean, their affordability has been eroded and, and rightfully so. I mean, the government's trying to, the, the federal government's trying to contain the debt levels in, in Canada. Absolutely. Right. But that impacts our housing, impacts our housing prices for, for people counting on the prices going up forever. You never know what'll happen. Right. But that's just artificial, uh, regulations, I guess you could say. So artificial, uh, I don't know, like controls. The demand is still here. The demand numbers, the, the immigration, the employment, all, all the things like that, for the Toronto market anyway, mm -hmm. is still here. Right. right. Well, and speak, and certainly that's what's driving is interest rates as well, yeah. is because the economy, according to the government, is heating up and inflation is going up. And that's why interest rates are going up to right. contain inflation. Right, right, right. But they, they have a, it's such a hard 
job to have, you know, those controlling those levers, right, with the interest rate lever and all that. Because so much of the economy is dependent on housing. Mm -hmm. So much, whether it's, you know, the actual people get directly affected by it, the housing prices, the, the mortgage stuff, the, it, it just, everything impacts on housing. Everyone needs mm -hmm. a place to live, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the policies makers are, are, are homeowners generally too, right? So, I mean, one thing I always go back to is the, the rental market. And that kind of just, is, it drives everything, right? Like if the rental prices weren't so high, then, you know, you, no, no one would invest because it doesn't cover the mortgage or reasonably cover the payments that people have to make because the, the prices are so high, the interest rates are so high and all that. If there was no tenants paying these ridiculous rental amounts, you know, um, 2,200 for the average one bedroom downtown condo or two bedrooms is, is around 3,000, over 3,000. If no one's paying that, then no, no one would want to invest because the numbers just don't make sense. But they are. And renters don't care what the economy is doing. They just want a place to live. Right? Especially if they're working in the city. Well, that's the reason why they're renting in the city, right? <laughs> right. I mean, there's no reason why. I mean, right. well, I guess there is. There's a lot of cool things that are happening here, mm -hmm. you know, from the restaurant scene to entertainment and all that. You know, downtown's where mm -hmm. the action's at, right? But at the end of the day, uh, you're right. I mean, taking a chunk of three hours of your day just to commute is, is doesn't make sense for a lot of people, for most people, for everyone. I don't why I don't know why anyone would commute three hours, right? Unless you really had to. That's that's something another story. Mm -hmm. But um, for the most part, everyone wants to be wants to eliminate that. Right, and there's been just you know you and I've had these discussions. The fact that people have to look at the time that they're spending commuting, yeah. and whether it's public transit, transit, especially if they're driving, taking all those costs in uh, in time and actual money that they're spending commuting and think about if they work in the city, could they find accommodation? Might not be as big, but certainly they could probably afford a place in the city if they did the math. Sure, sure. It just, um, I, th I think you have to kind of evaluate what's important to you, right? As a choice, right? If you want that yard with that, you know, playground space. I mean, the city makes it affordable for people to kind of live in the city and kind of have shared public realms, I guess. So that's very important to them. That's what's the great thing about Canada, that it's not just a concrete jungle, right? I mean, there are lots of great parks that you can extend your living space outside of. That's the lifestyle choice you want to. But at the end of the day, it comes down to the decision of what you want. It's a lifestyle choice. It is a lifestyle choice. And you and I understand it. We're both downtown condo dwellers. We both love it down here. At the end of the day, uh, I, th I think what we're getting to is that the Toronto market isn't going anywhere. The prices aren't going anywhere. Mm -hmm. the, certainly it might be um, not as increasing as the 20%, which is probably the government's intended action of, of, of these new measures that they put in place. You know, it's unsustainable having a 20% year over year growth, right? But, uh, you know, we're certainly close to that 10%. That's, that's pretty high, 12% actually, 12.1% for downtown condos. What can you do? So you would say to the listeners that the market has stabilized over the past year as a result of the fair housing plan? Uh, downtown, yes. Uptown, maybe not. I mean, there's still some recovery that needs to, to happen. I don't even know if it will ever recover. When you say in uptown, the short term, when you say uptown, what do you mean? Uh, sorry, I mean York region. That York is, region that got right. hit with a 25% decrease in prices since the mm -hmm. fair housing plan instruction, and year over year, you're looking at 11.5% uh, right. decrease in prices. Do you attribute that to a lot of speculation, Ken, up in York region? I, I think so. 
I absolutely think so. You know, like I, I came from Markham, so I understand what uh, what the benefits of living in Markham are, the green space and the quietness and all that kind of stuff. But if the commute is that long and all the jobs are downtown, why would you ever want to live up there? You know, I, I, I'm probably, probably polarizing the audience right now, but um, why would you ever want to live up there, you know? Well, you know, I guess it gets back to lifestyle and uh, if you want a bigger property or, of course, if you have a business or work in because I'm a big believer in in living near where you work yeah. so you don't have to commute yeah. because I think that ultimately contributes to your lifestyle yeah. especially if you have a family yeah. spending less sp you're spending less time commuting and more time for yourself and for your family sure that's um, yeah I mean time is the real currency in life right <laughs> money comes and go time doesn't I mean it just it just goes yeah. <laughs> we only have a limited amount right so I, I don't know what the moral of the story is. I and mean, the moral of the story is like, I guess if you're concerned about the house prices and why are you concerned about the house prices? Because in the long run, Toronto's a growing city compared to you know other parts like you know maybe some parts of the U.S. or even parts of Canada where they're dependent on a single economy and things are shrinking. Right um, here, we're so diversified. There's diversity in employment, in culture, in entertainment, and in, in just people demographics. Right. So that it just and the Toronto area is the hub of the country. I mean, let's let's be realistic about that. You know, yeah. other markets in, in, in Canada may be suffering, but uh, for Calgary, for example, but certainly people are going to go to where the jobs are yeah. and Toronto being the largest city and the hub of media and finance. I think we're rambling right now to the audience. Okay, we're just like it, it's, we're preaching to the choir. We just keep rambling about the same thing. Toronto's a great city, and I totally agree with it. So I want to tell everybody listening how do they capitalize on this, right? So if you're looking to Absolutely. invest into the city, we're doing an investment seminar, not to sell ourselves, but I just want to let you know, come here and get some information on why investing in Toronto makes sense. We're having a seminar on what the 20, 20th and 21st. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So we're doing a midtown location at York Mills and Don, uh, Don, Mills, Don Mills around there. Yeah. On the Saturday at 12 to 1 p.m. 12 to 2 p.m. Sorry. And then downtown from 12 to 2 uh, at King of Bathurst on the Sunday, the 21st, October 21st, 2018. Come listen to us ramble a little bit more about if you believe in the Toronto market, come listen to us and, and see how to get into the market. It's not too late to get into the market. Certainly, the prices have gone up significantly since, I don't know, five, ten years ago. But you haven't missed the boat. And I think there's a lot of upside as well, too. And this, uh, hopefully this podcast made you realize that there is um, still a long way to go. Right. And uh, come in and uh, meet the team and get more information. Sure. To help you make an informed decision. Sure. Sure. All right. Well, thanks for joining me again. And uh, hopefully you guys got some value out of listening to this. And... Uh, and uh, I guess we will we'll hear you next week. You'll listen to us next week. Thanks for joining me, Charlie. Thank you, Ken. If you like what you just watched, don't forget to click to subscribe. We're on Apple iTunes and YouTube as well. And visit us at www.tronomonopoly.ca. Thanks for watching.